Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where, as usual, you'll hear from us for the next 20 minutes or so, giving you our thoughts on three important stories of the last week or so. Uh, my name's Chris Bowne. I'm the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined on the podcast by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director at Hotel Analyst. And we're going to start this week by taking a look at some results that come out from uh, Airbnb, uh, them, and uh, Sonda, the uh, uh, service department people, both put out their second quarter figures just recently, um, and uh, Airbnb told us they'd had uh, a, a good, strong second quarter, 10% ahead of the same quarter in 2019, and their gross bookings were up 37% over the comparable with two years ago. But uh, curiously, they're still making a loss. They lost $68 million in the quarter um, and uh, they were pretty chipper about uh, the performance um, and uh, always looking always looking good Sonda the uh, service department people uh, also saw sort of delivered some very strong figures um, in a way uh, they would wouldn't they because they are continuing a process of arranging a, a SPAC uh, which will which will see them listed on the market in America uh, but they saw their day rate going up and their RevPAR going up strongly too. But more about Airbnb because, frankly, they're the bigger outfit and they perhaps have a more um, fundamental uh, impact on a combination around the globe. Um, they, uh, the CEO, Brian Chesky, declared that the travel rebound is upon us and he, uh, he then went on to say that they expect uh, an even stronger uh, set of revenues for the upcoming third quarter. Um, and uh, they they believe that things are going very well and they're looking to take on more um, listings by signing up more hosts. They reckon that their new improved website, which basically says, well, if you can't, you can't go where you want to when you want to, would you like to go at a different time or would you like to go a little bit down the road? Um, seems to be working quite well in terms of basically cross-selling or uh, an alternative when um, when the, the particular location and destination you've chosen is uh, is fully booked uh, so also good so far however despite despite declaring that uh, q3 is going to be their strongest revenue quarter ever they then hinted that actually the bookings were looking a little bit weaker for q3 uh, they've also done it very well uh, so far because most of the recovery in travel has been in the US and Europe where they, most of their listings have higher overall day rates and the uh, Asia-Pacific uh, destinations, which are yet to come back on stream in any large numbers, uh, generally speaking, deliver lower revenues because the, uh, they're, they're cheaper, cheaper rent, overnight rentals. Um, Otherwise, I, I don't know, there was nothing terribly exciting about uh, this set of results, Andrew, apart from, you know, they've recovered. Yeah, I, I actually think um, there were some interesting nuances in what Airbnb said in this presentation, um, their the investor call, and what they've been saying in the last sort of 12 to 18 months um, during the sort of pandemic period. Uh, I think the the notion well we once had a notion I think we're slightly guilty of this here at Hotel Analyst where um, we boosted up and hyped up 
um, Airb and said, you know, they're going to be this great existential threat to the hotel business. I think it's pretty clear now, and it's clear in how Airbnb is focusing its business recovery that it's going to be no such thing. Um, and I think uh, hotels, well, they're going to remain, you know, irritant to hotels because they are a, a cheaper competitor. But I, in terms of putting them out of business, no chance, I don't think, unless there's some radical turnaround somewhere. Um, so uh, if, if you look at what Airbnb said specifically, they're saying, look, um, our growth is now in the uh, 28 days or longer part of the market mm -hmm. that's nearly a fifth of their business um, at least it was a fifth of their business in q2 um, half of their nights are seven days or longer now hotels which are uh, I mean, you know as as the cfo at uh, airbnb said hotels are typically one to two days on average um it, it's a different market and airbnb is in a different market to hotels now the hype around um, Airbnb is that uh, we're all going to switch into a Airbnb way of travelling. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it actually. Um, I think people are still going to be wanting to go to a hotel. Um, I think what they have done is brought a lot of transparency to this longer stay market, mm. and I think as a platform in that area, I think they're very interesting. But they're up against a lot of competition, and I think you know there's a, a lot of these significantly small smaller companies which are in the more sort of vertically integrated bits which is where Sonder is um, they overlap a lot more with um, short-term accommodation like hotels I think Sonder um, they they're those sort of things so there's a lot of um, capital um, chasing deals in this this area there seems to be a big buzz around it um, I think a lot of it's gonna um, frankly I think there's a lot of people gonna lose their shirts in this area as well it just seems to me to be very overhyped for what is actually there because whenever I look at it in terms of the, the you know these tech people they talk about about total available market mm -hmm. but it just seems so much significantly smaller than the TAM that's in the short stay accommodation market where hotels play so in that one to two to three nights space which hotels dominate and look set to continue to dominate um, that's four times bigger than this this bit where you know this extended stay piece if you like um, is um, and whilst you know we're big fans of extended stay properties as a as a niche um the we don't we've never suggested and i think anybody on the extended stay side is suggesting that they're going to take over the whole of the hotel sector or even become the dominant bit of the hotel sector there's just a lot of growth potential in that bit um up to say a, a fifth or a quarter of, of the overall short-term accommodation market and i think that is possible but airbnb is certainly not not that big threat it um, you know which we which we've maybe um slightly over flagged over hyped here on hotel analyst at times i mean i think where we are right with airbnb is that some of the cultural aspects of their offer um, are very important and should be influencing the future of hospitality but they're not going to um take out um, existing hospitality players. Also though it was interesting that there was little said about the experiences business it seemed to be uh, there was it was kind of brushed off as oh people aren't interested in experiences at the moment and yet uh, that was supposed to be one way that Airbnb was going to uh, multiply its revenues by selling everyone experiences alongside accommodation. 
yeah you you see the tam um for experiences um is is getting towards the same size as the the tam <laughs> for short short stay accommodation but um that seems to be as you say having a radical revision post ipo uh i think it was a little bit overhyped frankly that that, that whole piece i think it's a very difficult market um and it's very difficult to see how airbnb is going to get a sort of monopoly position in it which it needs to justify its uh, its pricing now I, I mean you know we've said um since the ipo that it's vastly over overpriced um that it's very difficult to see how that value is sustainable on the share price um and i maintain that i mean you know i think there is fundamentally a very good platform business here in airbnb but it's it's worth a quarter you know a fifth of what the current market valuation is and i think even that's a bit of a stretch i mean that's if everything plays out in terms of what it's hoping to achieve um but um it, it it's sort of madly um priced at the moment it's in the same sort of level of bonkersness as say um <laughs> tesla's share price <laughs> right now just it was only a couple of weeks ago we were reporting on uh, some of the results from the big hotel groups and mark hoplomazian at hyatt hotels delivered a very solid set of results uh, and told us he was muttering something about possible M&A activity and possibly increasing the group's uh, exposure to uh, the business in Europe. Well, it's clear now that he was, at the time he was talking, he was busy filling his fountain pen with ink, ready to sign on the dotted line as he's bought, uh, Hyatt has now bought Apple Leisure Group in a $2.7 billion deal. The uh, the move absolutely catapults Hyatt's uh, into the world of uh, resort hotels, uh, lots of Apple Leisure Group's uh, portfolio is in and around the Caribbean, serving the US leisure market. But there's also uh, a fair few hotels uh, in Spain as well. Um, this was a purchase from uh, private equity investors, KKR and KSL Capital Partners, who'd uh, bought into Apple Leisure and grown it quite uh, sensibly during their ownership and probably a very good exit for them too so a win-win for both i think yeah and i i think what this is is a solution to how do um global hotel brand companies get into the the resort market because the big thing um, with all resort markets is airlift if you can't get the punters in um, you can have the best brand in the world but if 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 the punters arrival is is hinged on a company outside of your control you you've had or like it, really. Ryanair or EasyJet um, or somebody yeah yeah well uh, well I mean like I mean the classic one is TUI who there's a number of destinations they've got completely sewn up it's their airplanes flying into those destinations and if you're not um, pally with TUI you've had it mm-hmm. basically because you know it, it's very difficult um to to, to, to get there um otherwise um so uh, you know what alg offer hyatt is you know alg are flying three million americans out to the caribbean and mexico um that is a great way to to get some people coming to your hotels and your resorts and if you've got that tie up now it's kind of weird in a way this because you look at it so at one level what this led to is um hyatt saying this is going to push us to um 
uh, be more asset light and if you like it's the breakdown of um, yet more vertical integration it's vertical disintegration mm -hmm. um, at that at the property level but actually you've got more vertical integration um, in terms of the distribution piece here with higher actually moving into the ownership of of effectively tour operator um stroke travel agent piece with um, um apple leisure group so it, it's doing it's both disintegrating vertically and integrating further vertically in different bits of the of of, of the stack if you see what i mean um so it, it, it's it's an interesting move from that point of view i mean it's a messy one um and it, it, but you know a lot of these sort of deals are necessarily going to be messy because i don't think there's any sort of off the peg ideal solution to this um for hire if we look at what hyatt's done in europe it's gone from six to 49 resorts it's it's getting to some sort of decent scale in europe with its resorts um it doesn't have alg's um airlift available to it in europe so it's but it does mean it's pro probably in a position to do uh, a little bit more in terms of tie-ups with uh, um some some carriers in, in one way or another and i think that's going to be essential to be able to drive um other resorts to sort of you know want to have hyatt and the alg subsidiaries um as their resort manager so i think that that's essential and it's it's it's, it's, it's a it's a complicated messy move but i think it could well be one that works out and i mean it's a temptation um you mentioned in your piece chris about the the move into wellness by hyatt mm. and they bought exhale and miraval um an exhale um well, didn't work yeah, out no. too well um they flogged that off the end of last year and but Miraval yeah. was arguably a bit better, wasn't it? They 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 integrated that in, and I think this is there's bits of this where I think will be tidied up, and they'll get rid of bits of ALG um, Excel style, and there's bits which will be integrated and prove a big success Miraval mm. style. So I think you know the. Um, it, 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 it's the way in yeah. um, and I think it makes a lot of yes, sense no, I think the challenge with Miraval was uh, someone someone pointed out to me who I spoke to he said well you know the, the problem with the DNA of that brand was you know you have a very high end wellness resort and it's near a national park and um, if you can't find that many national parks elsewhere to build a Miraval next to then uh, that, that's the, the danger is you end up diluting the brand to build more and you know they're very expensive they take a long time to get permission to build and so on so you know yeah it's a bit of a one-off wasn't it that yeah. one but uh, yeah. but but I, th I think yeah it, it, it's messy but necessarily messy i think is mm -hmm. wh what you'd say about this deal and uh oh, it's very hard to to look at the numbers and say if this is going to make sense for hyatt shareholders or not but i think hyatt's got to grow and keep you know if we've it's top of the nug charts yes. and if it's going to keep that um you know this is the sort of thing it's going to have to Absolutely. do now we're going to talk about uh, a slightly different asset class other some other buildings with beds uh but where curiously the new normal is starting to look exactly like the old normal so while we're still wondering when and how business travelers will get going and uh, how many people will get back to the office and uh, for what percentage of their week it seems that uh, the good old students are 
are beetling back to campus. They want to be in the lecture theatres, in the bars of an evening. Uh, they want to be on. They, they want to be learning physically. And so, thank goodness for all the um, student accommodation providers. Looks like they're going to be filling up their apartments once more from uh, the end of September. Um, we looked, had a look at the UK market, uh, and uh, things have recovered pretty strongly. There's a couple of big takeover deals, which demonstrate how. Uh, how much cash there is in the market and how they like the look of these um, seemingly very resilient uh, income streams from student accommodation. Um, demographics are on, on uh, everyone's side as well because more and more of the little darlings coming out of school seem to want to go to university. Um, and the investors have spotted that actually, you know, student accommodation would be far better place to be in than uh, uh, shopping centres right now. So the weight of money coming into the sector has helped uh, drive yields down so all seems set very fair good place to be yeah it's quite remarkable just where yields are heading at the moment there's uh, a savills release popped into my inbox today and um, that said that uk average prime commercial property yields are at the lowest since march 2020 the average 5.13 um top of the pops or bottom of the um yield if you like um west end offices and industrial multi-lets at 3.25 but even least that london leased core hotels is the one subject of the savills um looks at and they're at 3.5 percent um yield so um pretty darn low as, as low as i've ever seen that now student REIT unite said that their average property yield is now five percent so student accommodation for what is a a, a relatively new um, and small subsector are pretty darn tight as well and they're saying they are indeed compressing so um but to be honest i'm, I'm not surprised um that they are compressing given how surprised <laughs> i am by the success these um um operators have had in terms of um uh, bringing in students from overseas now uh eu students have 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 fallen a bit through the floorboards um not surprisingly because their um the cost of their tuition has rocketed up because now uh, the uk has left the eu um it's gone up to full overseas rates um but China was up 17%, India up 30%, and the US up 53%. Quite mm. remarkable, given what's going on in terms of this pandemic. And I suggest the read-through from a hotel point of view is, is pretty good news. If people are wanting to come and move abroad to study, they're going to be quite prepared to start travelling intercontinentally as well. Um, so I think it's a it, it's very clearly a question of uh, when, not if, we're going to see uh, uh, the healthy return of that sort of um, intercontinental travel um, and, and another REITs numbers um, um, I think you touched on Empiric mm -hmm. Chris and I, I looked at their results and they're talking about a total return of between seven and nine percent from the investments and a, a gross margin above 70 percent once things are back at full occupancy which is sort of towards the end of this academic year so it's pretty incredible mm. actually um, that that's what's proving so attractive I think um, for, for investors in this sector but uh, um, yeah it, it's 
sort of there's a good news bet for from a hotelier point of view in terms of it's clear that you know there is global demand out there um but you know this sector is going to be one that's going to be fighting hoteliers for for sites that's for sure in the the next couple of years we do see in the news that uh, there was one last week in glasgow where uh, a, a developer's put up a hotel or planned a hotel and um, if there are no takers for a hotel then he'll just flip it straight into student accommodation so it can work both ways yeah. that one yeah. yeah now we're going to move on to yeah. our five star and no star awards and uh, five stars this week I go to Andrew's favourite spot the Great British Pub <laughs> well indeed and, and, and I think what we're seeing here is um, you know a he- institutional capital coming in um i'm slightly hesitant to give it five stars because um this this advent of the institutional capital because i think part of the uniqueness is the quirkiness and the oddballness of of these sort of outlets which you t- typically get from a uh, um and you know an owner operator type thing so you get institutional money coming in um that can dilute that um and make it uh, you know much mm. blander so i hope they're very careful as this money comes in and they don't do that too much um if i look at something like uh, uh, stay in a pub um which is that marketing uh, consortium um for pub accommodation i think they do a good job in terms of promoting this quirkiness element and i'd like to see that emphasized i mean i think it's no coincidence that i like stay in a pub because their sister company is cask mark which is all <laughs> about um uh, proper real beer, cask beer yeah, yes, uh, real yes. ale well and also um we had a we had a bit of a look at uh, red cat which is the uh, oak tree backed um uh, company diving into british pubs and, and acquiring them very aggressively now but they they again seem to be fairly hands-off in terms of operational detail um and uh, are building an interesting and quite eclectic collection yeah, but well, well, run by yeah. Rudy and Anne, of course, the uh, ex-CEO of yes, Green King. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, well, contrasting that lovely, idyllic overnight stay in a great British pub, uh, we're giving no stars this week to uh, some of the hoteliers at the budget end of the market in that famous seaside resort of Blackpool, um, where things are, are, are pretty grotty at the lower end of the market, and there's been no end of complaints from customers where it goes wrong i would suggest in the quirk end of the spectrum (laughs) and where it makes it very difficult to get institutional capital involved in such things Uh, i think it's russell kett from hvs who um he he hails from blackpool so he's allowed to say it's a it's an under-demolished part of the market (laughs) and um i think this 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 latest news only supports his view (laughs) and on that happy note we'll say goodbye for now